In this inspirational message we discover what privilege we have to live in the light of the cross. We are encouraged to believe and live by the blessings of the completed work of Christ on the cross. Believe it, live by it, share it. All right, we're going to make our declaration before we get into God's word this morning. So, let's all rise up to our feet, please. If you brought your Bibles, I want you to hold it up high in the air and we're going to make our declaration loud, bold and strong together. Let's say this out together. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I am blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of his blessing to many people. I receive his word. I believe his word. And I live by his word. Christ is my master. And to him I am in absolute surrender. I present myself as a new wine skin to receive new wine and fresh oil being poured out on me. God releases new things and a new work of his spirit in me and through me in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you. This week um, is our last week in our Bible college, which we've been running since August. Uh, we come bring this fall semester to a close. Um, it's been a, an exciting time. But also, I just want to mention that uh, admissions for our spring semester, which starts on Jan- January 11th to April 30th, is open. So uh, if you are interested in enrolling the Bible College, you can just go to our Bible College website, apcbiblecollege.org, and you can enroll for spring. Uh, because we're doing this online, uh, we are able to take in admissions even in the spring. So you could even start in the spring if you want to. Uh, the other option is uh, we also have, a, uh, so you could you know, enroll for a one-year program, a two-year or three-year program. But we also have the option of doing selected courses. So if you want to just commit two hours a week, uh, you can do one course online uh, at the Bible College, of course, from wherever you are. So that option is also there. You can select one or a couple of courses in any year, and you can do those courses. So. I uh, just wanted to mention that. We'll probably have more announcements coming on that. So if you're interested in just being equipped, enriched in the Word, just building, just being built up spiritually, you're welcome to register online uh, for the spring semester that starts January 11th. All right. So this morning, uh, I'm not going to so much as uh, teach, but maybe just preach. All right. So don't be worried that pastor's not giving me chapter and verse, so just relax. Sometimes you just preach instead of teach, right? Uh, so I'm just going to talk to you uh, on the subject of the message of the cross. But we're going to begin by reading two verses of scripture, probably the only two that we will turn to this morning. So if you have your Bible, could you please turn with me to 1 Corinthians 
chapter 1 and we will read verses 17 and 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 17 and 18. The verses should be up on the screen so let's all just read it out loud together please. Let's go. For Christ did not send me to baptize but to preach the gospel not with wisdom of words lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Let's read it again, like verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. What I want to just bear on our hearts this morning is the importance of the message of the cross. The centrality of the cross of Jesus Christ to everything, to our life of faith. Everything is centered around the finished work of Jesus on the cross. If it was not for what Jesus did on the cross, when I say the cross, it includes his death, burial, and resurrection. If it was not for what Jesus did on the cross, nothing we say, do, sing, would mean anything. It would not amount to anything. We would just be in, a, in some dead religion or a practice. The cross of Jesus Christ is so important to our life of faith. And we must never, never in anything we say and do in our Christian life depart from the message of the cross. That's central to everything we do, everything we believe and all of our Christian life should originate and should point back to the cross of Jesus Christ. It springs from that. Because of what he did on the cross. That is why we believe like this. That is why we do like this. That is why we live like this. Because of the cross. It springs our entire Christian life. Springs from that cross. And always points back. To the work of Jesus Christ. On the cross. The cross is central. To our life of faith. And what Paul is telling us is this. To those who are perishing, it's foolishness. They said, what are you talking about? Somebody was crucified on the cross 2,000 years ago. What sense does it make? But to us, it is the power of God. It is only because of the cross of Jesus Christ that you and I can experience the power of God at work in our lives. Everything that God wants to release in you, in you and me, is because of the cross of Jesus. And the power of God is administered to us through the message of the cross. Or the Apostle Paul put it like this. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto 
salvation. The message of the cross, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God. Every time you share the gospel, you are releasing the power of God into somebody's life. You're giving them an opportunity to encounter the power of God because the gospel is the power of God for salvation. Amen. So this message of the cross is the power of God. Whenever you and I want to experience the power of God, we need to go back to the cross. Amen. When you and I want to experience the power of God for healing, for deliverance, for overcoming sin, for living victorious, for having our needs, but anything, anything, you, you and I want to experience the power of God, we have to go back to the cross of Jesus. Because it is through the cross the power of God is released into our lives. And I want to impress on our hearts this morning the amazing privilege that you and I have as believers to understand the message of the cross. What a privilege to live in the light of the cross. All of the Old Testament saints lived in the shadow of the cross. That means they didn't have a clear picture. When you see a shadow, you know it represents something, but you can't see the details. You cannot enjoy the details. You only see a representation, an outline, something, a resemblance, but you can't see the details. You can't enjoy the details. And all of the Old Testament people lived in the shadow of the cross. You and I are living in the light of the cross. What a privilege. What a privilege. The Old Testament saints had bits and pieces of the puzzle. You and I see the full picture. The Old Testament saints, they had a foretaste. You and I have the privilege of enjoying the full course meal. <laughs> Amen. Because we are on the other side of the cross. For them, the Holy Spirit was pointing to something. And they had only a little piece of it. And they said, there is a cross coming. There is a Messiah coming. There is a Savior coming. They had only a little piece of it. You and I can look back and understand the complete mystery of the cross unveiled to us. We can live in the light of the cross. How much more you and I as New Testament believers should be walking in the fullness of the blessing of the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen. And just to help you and me understand some of these things, I just want to recount some of those bits and pieces that the Old Testament saints had. In the book of Genesis, Jesus and the cross, he is the seed of the woman. In Genesis 3.15, he is the first clothing made of animal skin. That came as a covering for man. Adam and Eve tried to cover themselves, cover their sinfulness with leaves. And that represents man-made religion. But God said, you need a blood sacrifice. I will give you coats of skin. And that was a pointer to the cross of Jesus Christ. He is the able sacrifice of the firstborn sheep, which God accepted, but he rejected Cain's offering of the fruit of the ground, telling us that the works of man can never, never provide an atonement for sin. The only thing that can provide an atonement for sin is the shed blood of a firstborn animal or a firstborn life. 
He is God's provision for Abraham's sacrifice. When God said, I am Jehovah Jireh, he was saying, I will provide the sacrifice that is needed for the, your atonement, for your relationship with God. He is the Passover lamb. The blood of the Passover lamb protected every household, but it was a pointer to something much greater that would take place on the cross. He is a rock from which water flowed that met the needs of the people. The first time the rock was struck, but thereafter the only need is to speak to the rock. And that rock, the Bible says, is Christ. It was a pointer to the cross. He is the offering in the Levitical sacrifices. The burnt offering talks about sacrifice. The sin offering talks about a, for the sacrifice for the payment for sin that we, 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 we don't know, that we are not aware of, that we cannot confess. The trespass offering points to confessed sin. The peace offering talks about our atonement, our reconciliation to God. All the sacrifices pointing to what Jesus Christ would do. He is the one in the day of atonement. The, the, the sin offering and the sin bearer pointing to Jesus. He is the bronze serpent raised up in the wilderness. That's pointing to Jesus. He is the one who hangs on the tree in Deuteronomy 21, pointing to Jesus who became cursed for our sins. In the book of Psalms, he is the Lord's anointed. He is the one whose garments were divided by lots. He is the one whose bones were not broken in Psalm 34. He is the one against whom fierce witnesses have risen. In Psalm 35, he is the one who's betrayed by his own familiar friend in Psalm 41. They only had bits and pieces of the whole picture and all pointing to the cross. In Isaiah, he is the servant who will justify many. And Isaiah 53 talks about this. He in Zechariah, he is the one wounded in the house of his friends in Zechariah 13. He is the one whom they pierced in Zechariah 12. He is the messenger of the covenant in whom God delights in Malachi 3. He is the son of righteousness with healing in his wings in Malachi 4. All of these pieces pointing to the cross of Jesus. But you know, they never saw the full picture. Today, you and I can look back and say, wow, all of that makes sense. It is all fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. So I want to challenge you and me this morning to live in the fullness and the light of the cross. To live in the light of the cross because we have the full message of the cross. We can understand it, but we must live by it. And I just want to highlight some areas. And this comes only as a reminder. Many of us are, are familiar with these truths. But I just want to remind us and, and, and renew our understanding of these truths. That these are all based on the finished work of Christ on the cross. Number one is the whole truth about us being forgiven. We are forgiven because of the cross of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed us from all sin. Amen. The Old Testament, they made sacrifices day after day, year after year. They had to keep coming back. They never had the assurance that their sins were forgiven. What a privilege today for you and me. To know that their sacrifice was made. The blood was shed. My sins are forgiven. You and I stand righteous and justified in the eyes of God. There is now no condemnation to any of us who are in 
Christ Jesus. And you and I can boldly come to the Father knowing that we are accepted in the beloved. That we are righteous. We are chosen in him. And we are holy and, and accepted in his eyes. There is no guilt, shame or condemnation that we need to walk under because of the cross of Jesus Christ. We are forgiven. Amen. And as believers... We don't need to spend one moment under a cloud of guilt, shame and condemnation if we really understand the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. The enemy, Satan, is the accuser of the brethren. That means he wants you and I to live under a sense of shame, accusation, telling us of all the wrong we've done. But if you and I truly believe in the cross of Jesus, we just get up and say, no. I have peace with God through my Lord Jesus Christ. I'm in this place of grace because of the blood. There is no condemnation. My heavenly father doesn't condemn me. If I sin, I confess my sins. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses me from every sin. It's as simple as that. And so you and I, can always walk before God with our heads, heads held up high. He is the glory and the lifter up of our heads. Amen. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you are the righteousness of God? Because God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we should become the righteousness of God. It's done. The work is finished. The truth has been revealed. It's no longer a mystery. It's no longer a secret. It's something you and I can actually walk in day after day after day. We are forgiven. We are righteous. We are accepted. We are welcome in his presence. We can go boldly to the throne of grace anytime. Amen. What a privilege. What a privilege. Secondly, the power of the cross. We are redeemed. Redeemed. To be redeemed means God paid a price to purchase us. And he says, I bought you with a price. You are mine. You and I are God's purchased property. Purchased possession. Everything about you belongs to God. It also means that Satan has no authority over you, no claim over you, no right over you, no access over you. When you understand the truth of redemption, you can look at anything that Satan brings to you and say, no place here. I am the redeemed of the Lord and I say so. This truth of redemption is so powerful. We belong to God 100%. Everything about you belongs to God. And you have your redemptive right to say no to Satan. Amen. The Old Testament saints couldn't understand this. They had a type of it in the year of Jubilee. Every 50 years, every 7 years and every 50 years they would release the captives. You're free to go. And it was just a type. It was only a shadow. But you and I are walking in the reality of it. When Jesus began his ministry, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because I'm here to announce the year of God's acceptance, the year of God's jubilee. It is here. Redemption is here. Amen. You are the redeemed of the Lord. 
It's done. The Bible says in him we have redemption. That means God purchased you. And in the Bible, redemption is such a beautiful picture. It has the idea of buying a slave out of slavery and taking him, restoring him to his original state of glory. But God did better than that. He took us to a place higher than we ever experienced in our lives before. So he not only brought us out of Satan's possession, but he made us sit together at his own right hand in heavenly places. That's the full work of redemption. The Bible says God has delivered us from the powers of darkness and he has translated us into the kingdom of his own dear son in whom we have redemption. Amen. What a powerful truth. You are the redeemed of the Lord and you need to say it. Walk in it. Live in it. Everything about you belongs to God. Your body belongs to God. Your mind belongs to God. Your emotions, your spirit, soul and body is God's purchased possession. That's why Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 6, 20. He says, you have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. They belong to God. Amen. Redemption is so powerful. Such a powerful truth. And you and I are redeemed through the cross of Jesus Christ. Thirdly, we are healed and made whole through the cross. Our healing and our wholeness is based on the cross. He became the one who carried our sicknesses and diseases. And Isaiah brings this out so powerfully. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Surely he bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. On the same cross on which Jesus bore our sin, he also took all our sicknesses and diseases. So that's why the Bible says, by his wounds, we have been healed. The whole idea of substitution is this. He bore something so that you and I don't need to bear it. It doesn't make sense for both of us to bear it. The reason he bore our sicknesses, the reason he bore our pains is so that by his suffering, healing could be released to us and healing can replace our sickness and our disease. Amen. We are healed. We are made whole. Isaiah says that the punishment for our wholeness was upon him. The pain he bore was in order to release wholeness to you and me. So when you and I face those things, we can look to the cross and say, he bore it. Therefore, by his wounds, I have been healed. I take my healing. He provided it for me. In the Old Testament, the brazen serpent was a type of Christ. Anyone who was bitten by the snake, they only looked to the brazen serpent and they were healed. It's a type of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Sickness and disease is a work of the serpent. But we look to Christ and we are healed of what he brings into our lives. Healing and wholeness is ours through the cross. And so you and I settle it in our hearts. It's mine. God provided it for me. I take it because of the cross of Jesus. The fourth thing that comes to us through the cross is the blessing of God. The apostle Paul writes like this in Romans 8. It says, if God did not withhold his only son, but gave him up freely for us all, 
how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? In other words, Paul is saying, look, God gave you heaven's best. Anything else that you and I need is less than that. Won't he give it to us? Amen. And that's why the Bible says that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Because of the cross, you have access. You and I have access to every blessing that God has made available to us. The Bible says he became a curse for us so that the blessing of Abraham could be released on your life and mine. The blessings of God are made available through the cross. So whenever you say, God, I I have a need in my life. I want you to meet it, God. I want you to provide for it. You do it on the basis of the cross. You gave your only son. You will not withhold anything else, O Lord, from me. Every blessing comes to you and me through the cross. In the wilderness, when the people cried out for water, the supply came from a rock. The rock was struck and they outflowed the water. And Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10, that rock was Christ. And that is still true. The supply for every need in our lives still flows through the same rock. That is Jesus Christ. What is your need? It comes to the cross. Every blessing is provided for us through the cross of Jesus Christ. And lastly, victory. A life of triumph. An overcoming life is possible because of the cross of Jesus Christ. You and I can live victorious over sin in our lives because of the cross of Jesus. I remember as an early teenage boy, in my early teenage years, around when I was about 14 or 15, one of my big quests at that time was, God, how can I live victorious over sin? How can I live a holy life? A very simple question. How can I live a holy life? And I began to search. And my search took me to Romans chapter 6. And in Romans chapter 6, Paul addresses this whole issue. He says, here's the simple key. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. That the body of sin or the power of sin should be destroyed. So that we no longer should serve sin. That's it. That means on the cross, Jesus broke the power of sin. He not only paid the penalty for sin, but he broke the power of sin. Uh, The old man was destroyed. So that the power of sin over our lives was broken. So that we no longer should be slaves of sin. And that revelation just set me free. I said, from this moment on, I announce that sin has no more authority over me. Why? Because sin's power was broken on the cross. So when you and I understand the power of the cross, that the cross is a place of triumph, because on the cross, Jesus broke the power of sin over your life. That's why Paul can write in Romans 6.14, sin will no longer have dominion over you. Because you're not under law, you're under grace. Grace liberates us from the power and dominion of sin. And so what is needed is now that we live by the power of the Holy Spirit and we walk victorious. We live a life free from sin. So this overcoming life, this life of triumph, of victory, is possible for us because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen. And you and I understand 
what Jesus did for us on the cross, we live victorious. We live as overcomers. Also on the cross, the beautiful thing the Bible says is on the cross, Jesus disarmed Satan. He destroyed Satan. He sentenced Satan. The judgment, the case court was closed on the cross. Why? Because on the cross, Satan was judged. Your adversary was sentenced on the cross. Done. So today, you and I are not fighting any court cases. You don't have to go to the courts of heaven to defend your case. It was closed 2,000 years ago on the cross. Read your Bible. The prince, the ruler of this world was judged. John 16 verse 8. Judged. So today, any accusation that Satan, Satan tries to bring against me, I say it was already dealt with 2,000 years ago. When Jesus died on the cross, Satan, you are a defeated enemy. You have already been judged. You have already been condemned. The verdict has been passed. The courts are closed. There is no case against you. Who will lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God who has justified you. It's done. So today you and I, the Bible says, walk in absolute mastery over Satan. The God of peace crushes Satan underneath your feet. So when you and I walk, we say, Satan, there's only one place for you. It's underneath my feet. Why? Because you understand the power of the cross. You understand that on the cross, Satan was defeated. He can put up a semblance of resistance, but that's only his pretense. The truth is, he's disarmed. He's defeated. And he's underneath your feet. If you believe it, you will walk as an absolute master over Satan and his demonic powers. Not afraid. You're fearless. You're bold against your adversary. Because you know the truth. He has been judged and condemned and defeated. I am not standing up for some argument. I don't need to defend myself against Satan. The case is closed. The blood of Jesus Christ covers me. And I'm seated at the right hand of God as an heir of God, as a joint heir with Jesus. The work is done. Are you listening? Amen. Everything that you and I walk in today flows out. Of the cross of Jesus. The message of the cross. Is foolishness. To those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved. It is the power of God. It is God's power. Unleashed. Into your life and mine. This is the message of the cross. Amen. So the challenge for you and me is this. Let us walk in the light of the cross. Let's walk in the light. Call our worship team up, please. Let us walk in the light of this message. Let us believe it. Let us live by it. And let us share the message of the cross. Amen. When Jesus said those final words, it is finished. He didn't say it's 50% done. I have to come back and do some more. No. He meant it is finished. The work is complete. It's done. What you and I have to do 
They say, Lord, I understand it now. What a privilege to be in the light of the cross. I understand it. Now I want to walk in it. I want to walk in it. I want this to become real in my life. I want, I want to walk as a person who's forgiven. The reality is, many of us live far below what Jesus purchased for us on the cross. We live in a sense of guilt, shame and condemnation when we don't need to. We don't need to. You are the righteousness of God. Embrace that. God, I take it. I am the righteousness of God because the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed me from all sin. You are the redeemed of the Lord. Satan has no authority over you, no access in your life because the cross was the price that God paid. He was a ransom that God gave to purchase you. No greater price. It's done. You belong to God. So when Satan is a, is a, is a trespasser, that's his job. He's a thief. He tries to intrude. But when he comes, you have every right to stand up and say, not in this place. Not in this place. Resist him and he will flee from you. But you and I got to do that. And you do it on the basis of the cross. The work is done. Satan, I resist you in the name of Jesus. You will not touch me or anything that belongs to me. Take your hands off of God's property. You are the redeemed of the Lord. You are the healed of the Lord. Wholeness is yours. And say, Lord, I receive my healing, my wholeness from the cross. I receive it for my life. It's done. The work is complete. You are the blessed of the Lord. Every provision you need is yours. God has made it available. And there's victory and triumph for you and me because of the cross. No sin can hold you in bondage. Nothing can hold you in bondage. You have been set free. You are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's believe it. Let's live by it. Let's share it. This is the power of God. The message of the cross. It is the power of God. Amen. We're going to just stand up and worship God. And as we do that, I want you to, you heard a word. You heard the word. It's a very simple message. The message of the cross. The work is completed. We have to take it. Live by it. Say, God, I take it for me. I want to live by it. Those of you watching online, right where you are, say, God, I want to receive it for my life. I want to receive it for my life. I want to walk in it. I believe it. If you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, it's a very simple thing. It's a decision. You say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me on the cross. You were buried. You rose up again. You're alive today. I believe it, Jesus. And that simple decision, the Bible says, will bring salvation into your life.
it will bring the work of God into your life. If there are people inside the auditorium this morning, there are people watching us live. If you've never believed in Jesus Christ, never believed in what he did for you on the cross, do it now. Very simple. You just pray and say, Lord Jesus, I believe that what you did on the cross, you did it for me. You died for me. You were buried. You rose up again. I believe in you. Help me to follow you the rest of my life. Just that simple prayer will bring the power of God for salvation into your life. And this morning, I want you to just talk to the Lord. Say, Jesus, I receive what you completed for me on the cross. There's nothing more to be done. Nothing more. Because he said it is finished. It's for you and me to receive it. Say, Jesus, I take it. And we're going to pray with these five points together. Just say, Lord, I receive. I receive. I accept the fact that I'm forgiven. That I am redeemed. That I am healed. That I am blessed. And that I'm victorious. I receive it. I receive it. I believe it. I receive it. I want to live in it. I want you to engage with God this morning and say, Lord, I receive your power. I receive the finished work of Christ on the cross in my life. I receive it. It is finished. It's done. Father, right now I just pray for your people, for anyone, Lord, inside the auditorium watching online who's lived under a sense of guilt and shame and condemnation even though they are sons and daughters of God. Today, because we have heard the truth that Jesus shed his blood so that we could be forgiven, made righteous in the eyes of God, I pray that that cloud of guilt, shame, condemnation, accusation that has come over them from the enemy be lifted. Let them come into that sense of liberty as sons and daughters of God. Knowing that you are their heavenly father. That they can come freely into your presence as sons and daughters. That there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Let people be released from guilt, shame, condemnation today. And Father, I pray with people, Lord, today where the enemy has been trespassing, intruding into their lives, wrongly setting foot on territory he has no right over because every believer is God's property. Every believer is God's purchased possession. Spirit, soul and body, everything about them belongs to Almighty God. And so Satan in the name of Jesus, I command you to take your hands off of God's property. Take your hands of their bodies. Take your hands of their minds. Take your hands of torment and oppression off of their lives. In the name of Jesus.
because we are the redeemed of the Lord and we say so we are God's property we belong to God we have been purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ so take your hands off of God's property every tormenting oppressing troubling spirit I command you release minds in the name of Jesus because our minds are God's property our minds are holy ground they belong to Almighty God in the name of Jesus I speak of our families our sons and daughters our children our family members and I declare that they are God's property they live under our household and so Satan you have no right over them we bring them under our protection in the name of Jesus we are God's property and everything about us belongs to God our homes our families our jobs our our professions our careers our businesses everything belongs to God it's redeemed it's God's possession so take your hands off of God's property we are the redeemed of the Lord and we say so We declare that healing is the children's bread. We are sons and daughters of God. Healing is ours. Healing is the children's bread. It's what our Heavenly Father has put on the table for us. So we receive our healing. We take it. Healing is provided for us through the cross. We take it. As you're standing here, as you're watching online, you tell God, God, I take my healing because it's provided for me through the cross. Jesus himself took my sicknesses and bore all my diseases so that by his wounds I have been healed. Declare it over your body. Body, you are healed. You have been healed. Line up to the word of God. I command every body here and those watching online to line up with the word of God by whose stripes you have been healed. Every cell in your body has been healed by the stripes of Jesus. The Holy Spirit in you quickens your body. The life of Jesus is made manifest in your body. So every cell in your body line up to the word of God. By his stripes you have been healed. And in the name of Jesus by the authority of that finished work let every sickness, every yoke of sickness, every yoke of disease be broken off right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, let it be broken off. And let the healing power of God flow through your body. Because it is finished. It's completed. 
And Father, we pray for God's people, for us to live victorious over sin, that there is no bondage, that no addiction, no sin that can hold us in bondage. Because your word says sin will not have dominion over you. So right now in Jesus' name, I speak the release, the breaking of every sinful bondage. Be free from the dominion of sin by the power of the cross. Let every addiction be broken in the name of Jesus by the power of the cross. Let your people walk victorious. Let your people walk in triumph as overcomers. Victorious over every work of the enemy because Satan lies crushed underneath our feet. So let there be victory and triumph in the life of every child of God. It is finished. It is done. Let's just worship now. Thank you. You tore the veil. You made a way. When you said that it is done. You tore the veil, you made a way When you said that it is done You tore the veil, you made a way When you said that it is done you tore the way, you made a way, when you said that it is done. You tore the way, you made a way, when you said that it is done. You tore the Now 
message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing but to us who are being saved it is the power of God it is the power of God the message of the cross it is the power of God Father, we thank you that we, each one of us, could personally receive this message, that we could understand this message. But we pray that you'll help each one of us to share this message. of the cross with those around us. May we never be ashamed of this message which is both the wisdom of God and the power of Pray that each one of us, each one of us, God, will share the message of the cross. To a world that desperately needs to hear that the work was done has been finished there is no greater message to proclaim no greater story to share than this message through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who are perishing. We pray that each one of us, God, will be bearers of this message to people. Help us to do it. 
want to encourage you to share the message with people. Amen. Take it as your life's mission. I know we all have responsibilities. We have things to do. But this is why we're here. Our life's mission. To share the message of the cross of Jesus. Amen. Let's go do it. The world needs it. And you and I must take this message. Amen. I don't feel like closing. <laughs> but I guess we have to close sometime. <laughs> but all I can say, this message must go out. Make it your mission to take this message to people. Father, we pray that you will empower each of us by, the, by your Spirit to bring this message to those around us. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit be with each of us always in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.